All right, here we go. It is the BCJ podcast brought to you by our good friends at the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. As always, if you're down at the banks, get yourself to the Holy Grail. The dogs are excited. All you do, you say Holy Grail. You mention the Holy Grail in this house. The dogs start barking. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at, Dave. It is, uh, we are eight days into training camp. Good practice today. A lot of, a lot of red zone today. Today was a red zone day. So, uh, we will get to that. We will, we'll get to, uh, the star of today's practice. There was a star of today's practice day. All right. Somebody, somebody had four pass breakups and two interceptions. A, a different star than Tuesday night. Somebody had four pass breakups and two interceptions today. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You want to take? You want to take a guess? Blow my nose real quick. I mean, I already know who it is, but uh, I will guess that it's well, JQ Hardaway. Yes, Dan Horde tweet about it. <laughs> Uh, I think you guys talked about it on the radio today. We did talk about it on the I, I was on the radio today. That's right. That's right. Damn. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dan Hoard talked about it on the radio today. Uh, so, JQ is <laughs> – he's looking, he's looking very, very good. Um, so, yeah, you uh, had a chance. Let's start with you. You had a chance to get out on Tuesday night. And yep. uh, and take in practice. The people like hearing other, you know, points of view from me since I'm the one that's that's providing that every day. So, uh, what, what did you take away from camp on on Tuesday night? Uh, let's see. First off, it was uh, we got real real lucky with the weather. Today was great too. Well, I'm driving home. I drove through heavy heavy storms and apparently it literally went like just south of higher ground uh so we did not get a raindrop which was nice but i think my big picture takeaway is the black cats might not be going anywhere they uh at least tuesday night that was about a sound of a of a butt kicking that you're gonna see in a in just a regular practice setting. Um, and, you know, not, and a lot not of a, it, not a scrimmage, not you know, like just over the course of the day. Anytime they went, you know, teams, it was not pretty for the offense. Grant, you know. I think the longer you go, the harder it gets on the offense, especially if you're you're not really mixing things up. Like, you know, yeah, if you throw one running play in like every seven plays, it's not conducive to them being successful. But like the front line defensive line was outstanding across the board. Malik yeah. Jawan and Jabari, all very, very good. Um, we've talked about it. I've been excited about it. And that excitement was 
reinforced with the play of the linebackers. Um, They're I really think good. This man. group is really good. I mean, we already have a, a pretty darn good understanding of what Deshaun Pace and Ty Van Fossen can do. Um, we have somewhat of an understanding, but it's still going to be new to Will Huber playing in, in the middle on like a virtually, you know, every down basis. And then right. Jaheim Thomas jumped out to me, uh, one, because he made a number switch that is awesome. And I wish more people, more bigger people would wear single digit numbers. Like Malik with uh, four. Malik should recently. definitely stay with four. He talked about it. I talked to him about it today a little bit after practice, just kind of messing around with them. And he's like, I think it I think it looks pretty good on me. Yeah, I think I definitely like should stay with four. Uh, but, you know, and I had even, you know, granted I was only at a couple spring things, so I might not have noticed specifically because of maybe where we were standing or just where players were doing drills. But at higher ground, we, we you know, we, we're very lucky. They kind of give us the liberty to roam wherever we want as long as we stay out of the way. And I was kind of just on one of the sidelines at one point and like, I guess it didn't register to me that Jaheim had switched numbers. So I looked down and I was like, Oh, seven Jaheim. And then I kind of did like a double take. Like he is big. He's, he is quite, quite big. a different physique, like way, way more filled out way, way, way just different than even what people would probably remember seeing him in the in the spot, you know, duty that he would get defensively last year. Like, it's I mean, just, he looks a lot different than what we saw in the spring. Yeah, I mean, right. I, that's why I mean, that's why I said like I don't remember necessarily what it looked like in the spring. And maybe if I'd have been standing right next to him like I was Tuesday, it would have registered then and wouldn't have been as you know not surprising, but just as noticeable Tuesday night. But man, he I mean he is. He's put together and then kind of unlike, you know, and I, I say this in a joking fashion, but, you know, like Ivan Pace is then kind of like the opposite. <laughs> like you, you look at him out there. He's trimmed and, down a lot. He has, but just like, you know, he's playing linebacker in like just a mold that you don't really see anymore. You're looking for, you know, long, lean, athletic, run sideline to sidelines type dudes and he's more like a spark plug like but man right. like he if, if the only thing he does all year is pressure up the middle i'd be cool with it because he has he had an at least tuesday night had an unbelievable knack of of shedding or slicing and he was just literally like always in the backfield always around the ball on any run that they did. And I mean, you just have like a lot of different guys at the linebacker spot that can do, you know, they, you know, they did, a, I'm sure we'll get into it. Like to me, they did a lot of four down work. Now I don't know how much of that is going to ha happen when the season rolls around, but like, I, I'll say this, we, we've seen it more than we have in the past two and a half years. Oh yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, you had 
several, you know, several periods where that was the defensive choice. Um, and you had Jaheen come down, you had Ivan. I mean, it was just kind of like a lot of guys just rotating in and out of that linebacker spot. No real way to necessarily say like who was getting the most looks, so to speak. I mean, it was a pretty heavy just rotation between the, the one and the twos. One guys that would be ones typically were with twos and vice versa. Just a lot of interchangeable pieces there. But I, I just, I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of athleticism, a lot of production and a lot of intrigue from, from all of those guys. Uh, and then defensive back wise, like they didn't really get tested because it felt like the quarterback right. never had any time to really do anything. Um, so I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, like remember back to, to anything specific defensive back wise, but not, nothing necessarily jumps out. Oh, other than Oliver Bridges is like a freak of nature for a freshman. Like, yeah, at, physically at, he's size a wise, I mean, like he's wearing number 47 and I don't, I don't want to be the one to break it to him and tell him like 47 ain't no DB number, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's foreshadowing maybe. Yeah. Like maybe. he just like, if- Pros. He might skip. He might skip safety. Oh, he's like usually he, it goes in order. He might skip safety. He might skip linebacker and become like a defensive <laughs> end. Like you got a, like Sam Sam Hubbard situation on your hands. That's a big kid. It's a big. I mean, but kid. like even when we, when we talk about JQ in the realm of like a DB that kind of looks like Sauce, and he does stick out. Bridges sticks out to me even more because like he is he is that height. But it's also like, I mean, I think they listed him at like 202, and I'm like, there's no way that dude weighs 202. Like, oh, he yeah, just, 202. 202. He just looks, he is he is big and put together. And, but I mean, that's the thing though, is like, there's no DB that stands out anymore because they're 5'9. Right. Like, even the freshmen who aren't. Ken Willis is small at like six foot. Right, he's he's like five eleven, six foot, like, and they're just small because they're not necessarily like developed yet, and they're they, they're still eighteen year old kids, could be seventeen year old kids, who knows? Right. Um, but like nobody, you're just like, man, there's no way that guy's going to be able to cover, you know, a high level offense or a high level wide receiver. Um, offensively, I thought Evan Prater made some really really nice throws when he had the chance to. Uh, especially in like seven on seven work, I felt that from from the stuff that I've seen, I felt that he has progressed a good amount, especially on what I would consider like the longer throws, like fifteen yards and and more. I still think he kind of has a, I don't know, to me like kind of like a weird over the top where he holds on to it too long on the shorter throws. And the ball kind of like nose dives. It seems like his shorter stuff is always like trending downward. <clears throat> Where when he knows he has to put some air on it, he kind of gets in that better posture um, and and throws the ball better that way. But I still think, you know, even from the spring, I think he's taken some nice strides. Um, but I thought he had a good day throwing the ball today. Yeah. Again, 
defense made things very difficult, but I thought he had a pretty good day throwing the ball today. Um, problem being they were in red zone and when the defense is suffocating, red zone is a chore, man. Yeah. And you just, just like, no space to like, you know, I think like we saw that with Des too at times where red zone at times was a problem for him, especially when he was younger, when he was making more plays with his legs. Like there's like, you don't have those wide open spaces to make well, plays just, and you get into red zone. I think too, like we've talked about the weapons and there's a lot of them, but like they still want to be a running team and you're just not going to run the ball a ton in yeah. prep in fall practice. Right. Like you're not going to put the wear and tear on your offensive defensive line in your backs and tight ends where you're just going to, you know, run the ball 56, you know, something times in a practice. <clears throat> so it becomes harder to judge, especially red zone. Like <clears throat> that's yeah. got, that's a, that's a tough go when you're not going to be as, as multiple or as, as varied as you want to be. Right. Um, we did have a couple things that caught my eye today. Uh, one, Dylan O'Quinn and Joe Huber flipped today, meaning Dylan O'Quinn was back at right tackle and Joe Huber was at right guard, which is where they lined up for, for pretty much the entire spring. Um, there is something of note that kind of changes things on the offensive line. And that is that, uh, what the, oh, my brain, dude, it's been a long day already. Cam Jones uh, is in a boot. And it doesn't sound like it's going to be like a quick, uh, Cam Jones will be back in a week or two. No, I mean, so, I, so got it's you know, the way that he was in the boot using like cart thing to roll around, like that typically means like something broken in your foot and or a lig- like whatever. It's a, it's something in your foot that, yeah, you're, you're not. My uncle just it. did, you know, had was in a sim- very similar situation and is still wearing the boot, walking, you know, you're probably looking at a couple months. I'm not ready to say that. Uh, because I don't know specifically what the injury is. Like, right. I, I'm, but I, I'm yeah. just if you're immobilizing it and having like zero weight bearing, it, it's. I know, but I'm not still not playing doctor. I am. <laughs> I'm I not. Okay. Um, so that changes things, at least in terms of your confidence in depth. Um, and if you're you're not as confident in, in depth at one position. What do you tend to do? You go to the safest bet. And I think the safest bet at right tackle right now is Dylan O'Quinn. Like, um, do you think, and you know, Brent was there the other night and he asked me this and, and granted, that was the first camp practice I've been to. Do you think Matt's coming back from whatever he's coming back from and maybe still not being like hundred percent. Do you think that is playing a part into like this whole thing with O'Quinn and Huber? Because like I'm just trying to I'm understand. Sure, if he was. I'm 100%. just trying to understand like 
they were pretty good on the right side last year. Like, do we need to like move two guys to different to new positions? Is that like? I think ultimately, like, and I think they're right. Like, Dylan O'Quinn is best suited inside. But he might also be your best option outside at the right. Like those two things, can't, they they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Right. I guess that's my thing. Is like, is O'Quinn at tackle and Mets at guard better than a? Even if O'Quinn's a better guard, are those two? Well, I mean, be- I think if Mets was was dialed back in, we wouldn't be seeing him with the twos and threes. Like today, he was with the twos at right tackle. Um, like I, I, I think they're slowly working him back, but it's pretty clear that you know he hasn't been a hundred percent yet. Right. I guess. I mean, and also like, still, still plenty of time. Yeah, and I mean, it's like it's like with Ben. Like Ben's been Ben hasn't thrown the past couple of days. He's been out there. Like today, he was doing handoff stuff. You got, and, you got a vet vet days. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I think it's. No, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, I know. You don't think it's that days in a QB competition? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think there's like if there was a concern, he wouldn't be out there. But I, I think you know, you're overly cautious, especially. You know, you're still what three and a half weeks from the. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's just very interesting. Like, you know, being that. There is also an NFL team in town that obviously is getting a lot of attention because of going to the Super Bowl and all that. But like, there is a drastic – it's gotten even more of a, a gap in the way that NFL teams run training camp versus the way college teams run, you know, their, their yeah. preseason camps. Whereas, like, the Bengals literally – and Zach even talks about it – like, we don't tackle. Our, our goal is to be as fine-tuned as we can be and as healthy as possible. And if that if this is the way we feel that needs to be done, then that's the way we need to be done. And like, Yeah, but there are NFL teams, for, apparently, that are a lot more physical. In yes, there are. But you don't ever hear of a college team taking that approach. Right. You know, and granted, the NFL has three preseason games and a, and a roster. And, you know, the setup is different, but like, of the nuts and bolts of it, you don't ever hear a college coach being like, yeah, we're really not going to – well, actually you did. You heard one. It was Navy two years ago during COVID, yep. and they got their doors blown off the first game, and Kenny Amontololo said, oh, we probably should have tackled in camp. Probably. <laughs> so probably. so it's just it's just interesting that, like, you know, you just – and so colleges are more, more physical in camp, and so at this stage you're not going to put – someone that's coming back from an injury in a situation that they're doing it with Kiner. They're doing it with Ryan Montgomery. They're, they're right. There are, you know, there are multiple situations across the board where they're being far better safe than sorry. Um, just because it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like if, yeah. if Ben's not feeling right right now for whatever, however minor it is, you don't have him go out there and, and jeopardize, yeah. you know, even What's with to a, come a red day jer- eight of yeah. camp. Even with a red jersey on, you know, ne- you never know. I mean, you just there's there's no there's no point in in doing that. I mean, from Tuesday night 
I I mean it's hard, again hard to tell. Not a lot in the in the run game work that night. I really really like the running backs. Um, Miles didn't get a ton of of, of totes. Yeah, I think he's, they're giving him a couple days because he yeah. he had the first six days all to himself. He was, he was kind of the guy, and now they're as they're easing Corey and uh, Montgomery and Ryan Montgomery Ryan back Montgomery. in. Um, I I think you know we'll see. Could be dead wrong. I think it's going to be hard to take carries away from from Ryan Montgomery. Um, Depends on how good Kiner looks. Yeah, I just I mean I think he's <laughs> right. He's kind of a known dude. You know, we know how Luke, you know, works when it comes to reliance and trust and and things like that. Um, obviously, Corey didn't come here to not carry the ball. <laughs> he didn't come here to play school. He didn't come here to play school, but, you know, he hasn't really done much of anything <laughs> since he's gotten here. I think Saturday will be interesting and more of a whatever they want to call a scrimmage-type setting you know, how much they dedicate to just say lining up on the 20 and, and go and see, you know, pick up first downs, right. call a game like you would call a game. We'll see if that's the way it goes or if it's still kind of like a pseudo scripted practice type thing. Um, but, but I mean, like, you know, if those two guys can stay healthy and then you add in Miles and Chuck and, you know, even against like kind of the threes, I, I, I've seen that Stephen Bird has kind of caught some some attention uh, he he scored kind of the last the last play Tuesday night on a, on a fourth and one play. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot of dudes, man. The receivers I like a lot of the receivers. I'm, I, you know, I think you and I both are. I'm big Chris Scott fans. Yep, he's been I, getting a lot of run with the ones on I, the boundary. I mean, if if they're gonna run, if they want to run the ball, he's gonna be on the field. Bar none, like if that's the way they want to go about it, and, and not that they're going to like all of a sudden revert to 2018 Bearcats, considering they have two NFL tight ends and and. But I'll also say Chris Scott probably has the best hands on the team. Yeah, he's and just is not right up quite there with the fast. best route runners. He's just not quite as fast, like yeah. But he's going. He's easily. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say that because Trey Tucker is really good too. Um, he's he is the best blocking wide receiver on the team. I mean that was the, incorrect. What? Why Fisher's the best blocking wide receiver on the team. He's just not going to. It's a tell. Okay. When you have wide Fisher on the field, it is a tell. It was also, you a, t- are it was also a tell last week or last year when Chris Scott was on the field. <laughs> right. And why wide Fisher, same deal. Like when they put one of those two out there, they are running. Yeah. The but he had, he did have a, uh, a, a solid catch over the middle. No, he's uh, been very good. Tuesday night. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of options. Nick Mardner. Smoked Jaquan Shepard on a go ball in, in one on ones or seven on. I don't even remember, but um, one of them. And you know, Evan, he had, a, he, had a, he smoked Sammy on one today too. Evan had a had a couple of real nice deep throws, especially there was one to Trey, kind of like uh, Huda Ed, uh, like a full field all the way across route that he you know was able to keep get one foot i think it was on the opposite side but i think he got one foot and it seemed like um and then he threw a really nice deep touchdown down the middle to tyler scott so you know i think things are coming along as you i think as you would you would hope from from 
our vantage point, there hasn't, you know, knock on wood, I don't think there's been any like, you know, big debilitating injuries, you know, your usual camp stuff. Um, Cam Jones would be the one that yeah. you, you got to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Because you just, pretty you just, you know, you can say, oh, he's, he's like a backup or, but yeah, but like, they're already a little loose at the tackle spot. Like, that's not something that they feel super confident about. So, you know, you don't, even whether it's a one, two, or three, like, you don't really want to see anybody go down for an extended period of time because then that just puts that much more, you know, pressure on, you know, nothing, not that you could control it, but like, and what you feel like is developing depth is diminished and you're can't really have any more tackles to, get hurt. Yeah. Now you're back to, to moving stuff around and trying to plug this hole with that and with that and that with this. Yeah. The other offensive line thing today I thought was interesting, Dave. Started to see quite a bit of Gavin Gerhardt at left guard. Like with the ones. And, yeah. Yeah. I I, I think they have been Super impressed with Gavin the way he um, developed and and grew into that backup center role. He's a nasty dude, and I think they want to give him a fair look. I mean, they want to give him a fair shot of, you know, we might we don't we don't want to have messed up your long term development because we didn't have a backup center, and we made you our backup center because we had to have one, especially last year when. Renfro was going through the hip stuff. Like you were one play away from having no center. Well, now um, you know he can play center. So why not right. play him some like okay, we know you can play center if you have to, but we're not just gonna like have you sit on the sidelines all day because we don't need you to play center. Right. So let's see if you can, you know, if you can do something else. So I think they're giving him a fair shot to to see if he can earn that that left guard spot. And Thought he looked pretty good today. Um, that was the other. That was the other big thing I wanted to get to. Uh, as far as uh, just be careful, guys. Jake, you told me on Tuesday. Watch the podcast last night, which means <laughs> which means he's sitting in his dorm room right now, probably watching this. And I told him, don't watch today. He's sitting. In don't the watch bar- tonight. He's sitting in the barracks. Yeah, don't watch tonight because I'm going to have a lot of nice things to say. And I don't want you getting a little too big for your britches. <laughs> Man, he was good today, Dave. Was it with the? Was it with the? Like, was it in like seven? Mostly with the, mostly with the twos, but you know he's mixing with the ones. But again, well, he he drew the, the, the ire. Two, of, he drew the ire of Coach Fickle Tuesday. Night. He did a little bit. He, yeah, he got excited. <laughs> he just he, he made a clean hit. It was clean, but you know, it was also on a guy that was his first it's day coming back, back from practice. injury, right? <laughs> I, I think that was instinct, baby. I think on that a, was on a on a screenplay that you're not really trying to blow your teammate up. That was Tony Perez. CD ball <laughs> hit the ball. <laughs> um but it, the ones or twos at, at corner right now doesn't really matter because all those wide receivers are cycling and they're all really right. good. So that part, at least, like, you know, I've talked about that a little bit as we've gotten to this point of camp. That part, at least, has been great for the wide receivers and the DBs because the DBs are kind of in the same boat. <clears throat> There's four or five or six guys that are all kind of bump and Sammy and, 
Justin Harris and JQ and Shep and Arquan and you know that 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 group is all kind of right there, rotating back and forth and in and out with each other, and the receivers are kind of doing the same thing. So there's not really a ones or twos um, from my perspective because not because there's not a ones or twos, but because no matter who you you where you're at, you're getting good work, and that's the goal of camp. That's Iron sharpens iron. Like that's that's the whole deal. Agree. So yeah. Um. Evan had uh. Let's see. Hit Mardner on a deep ball today. Uh. Hit Trey Tucker on a touchdown pass and one on ones. Seven on seven. Hit Trey an excellent throw to Trey on a slant in red zone. I think they were at like the 16 or something. And Trey got up the field quick. Evan got it out quick. And there was no catching Trey uh, when he gets a step on you and is able to turn up field towards the end zone. Um, Poor Ken Willis. I like Ken Willis a lot. I think he's going to be very good. He has more often than not been tasked with guarding Quincy Burroughs. And that has not gone well for him. Like they threw a fade in one-on-one red zone today. And Ken Willis just big boyed him. Like I'm going up here and there ain't a damn thing you can do to get this ball out of my hands. Um, Lichtenberg hit touchdowns to Chris Scott and Drew Donnelly. I think Drew Donnelly's starting to look good again. Like we, we saw, remember last year, as we got towards that back half of camp, Drew Donnelly really started right. to get comfortable and emerge. I, you're starting to see him make some plays. That's a tough spot, man. There's just so many dudes. There's so many dudes in the wide receiver room. Um, I've got Ivan. Ivan blew up a screen. Not surprising. Did you do you agree with my um assessment that he's like he's like a running back playing linebacker in the way that he plays? Like he just knows how to slither through, how to hit the hole. You kind of talked about that, but like, it's like reverse, uh, like just putting what a running back is good at and flipping it to the yeah, other I mean, side of the ball. He seems to be a, a quick, a quick diagnoser. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's, he's reading, you know, a lot of times they read the guard, you know, again, you're practicing against the same guys now for over a week. There's only so many different things they can do, but it, it did stand out to me that he did make or was around the ball, was in the backfield pretty much, you know, whenever he wanted, whenever he was, when he, whenever he was in, he was, he seemed to be making some sort of play, um, you know, I know you've got the dude of dude of the day thing going, and and Tuesday night to me it was him or Jawan Briggs. Yeah, I um, gave it to Jawan eventually, but I, I Ivan was right there. Jawan just whether it's at the one at the zero. I mean, I don't know how they technically what they technically call it in the three down. Um, his his power just. I mean, and he's not slow off the ball. So, like, at, at 3, whatever he is, 310, 315, like, his power against the center 
I mean, there was there was one play where, I mean, he just got, took he may he as well took been, Renfro for a ride on on skates, man. That yeah. old, you know, the old, you know, like had that guy on skate. I mean, he really just it was ridiculous. Um, he, and he's that, done that to Renfro a couple times. Like Renfro said today, like I'm I'm doing my best to to like hold my own against him, but every now and again he gets me, and when he gets you, you're done because he's so strong. They just have like, and not that you know, I wouldn't change anything from last year with what with what Maje being disruptor and having to be accounted for and and taking so much attention, but like, just the power and the mass that they have with the down three, and you know when they go four, yeah. Well, it's either been Jaheem or. Eric Phillips. Yeah. And they've had Jabari and Jawan inside with Phillips and Van on the edge or Van and Jaheem on the edge if they do want to go with a little bit more of a quote-unquote, you know, speed, speed rush. Speed element, so to speak. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to to watch a little bit more of Noah Potter Saturday in that want to see him more in that kind of a setting. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he, I don't know if you noticed that or this or not when on Tuesday, he plays a little upright. He does. Like, and he, he, I think he just, he's just kind of like he so far to me mean, again, one day um, you can tell me that I'm wrong or you can tell me I'm right. Like, he seems to be a little straight line and just yeah. like bull rush and, and try he to go about he, it that, he, that way. He, and he probably he can, a, can win on that. But like if he gets stonewalled, does he have like a, a, a second move off of that? He made a play in the backfield today. Uh, we were commenting that like he's just, he, he's been a guy that hasn't flashed a ton yet. Um. But he, he he did flash a little bit today. You know, flash. Who else flashed a couple times today? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna say they're. I don't know who. The Godfather had a tackle for loss. Had a sack. And and talking to those O line guys, this you can't move him. You can't move him. Like he might not be like Briggs, where he's taking you and and driving you six yards back, but you can't move the Godfather. He just eats up all of the space and you are not driving him downfield. And it's so like when you watch him run, when you well, watch yeah. him Do move, you ever watch the turtles? They didn't move bebop either, <laughs> but in short area, he's quick. Yeah. Him like, and Sh- like Shep too. Yeah. Shep. I've, like, I've noticed that was Derek Shepard is, is taller than I expected. Um, White thicker, like, Strong. He's not. I, he, I assumed not his. I assumed heavy. his height was one of those exaggerated defensive lineman height, and yeah. uh, if it was, then it, it doesn't feel that way now. He, I think he's every bit of like six two, six three. Seems to have like pretty long arms too. Yeah, he does. I'll give you and that. I don't know Listed if that's because he's maybe that's maybe he's thinned down a little bit. Um, but he's gotten big towards the end of his high school career. Like, and not surprising, you, you spend 
two months with Brady and all of a sudden start looking a lot better. I got to ask you your thoughts on, we're going to, we're going to have to talk to to Brady about this. He's going to be on um, the week after they come back from higher ground every day at lunch. You know what Brady eats? Like the same thing every day. The same thing every day. Okay, so, I mean, a salad? It's, it's on the salad bar, both of the things. It's a cottage, combination. Cottage cheese. And? And, um, like, eggs. No. Applesauce. Cottage cheese and applesauce? He gets, a like, three scoops of cottage cheese and then slathers it in applesauce. Okay. But that's all he eats every day? It's one of the main. He says that's his dessert: is cottage cheese and applesauce. Okay. How, how that's not super strange to you? No, I mean a lot of people like to put fruit on cottage cheese. So what's the difference in putting like applesauce versus apples? Stra- yeah, or strawberries. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I and mean, it's not really my jam. I just like plain cottage cheese. I don't like my, cottage cheese. My know. wife puts crushed up Doritos on her cottage cheese. I think I'd probably go applesauce before that. <laughs> I think I'd probably go applesauce before that. Um, but uh, Doug wanted a quick thoughts on Nick Marner and Ryan Coe. Marner, we touched on a little bit. Like, he's going to make plays just because he is kind of like weirdly sneaky fast. Like, he kind of around 20 yards, he just seems to like start gliding. And then he's also 6'6. Six, six. If you like <laughs> put it anywhere near him, he's going to come up with it. Uh, Ryan Coe had a. What I guess what you would consider like a rough night Tuesday. He he was probably I think the like, block got him. Probably around like 50, 60 percent. Either still, six of eleven or seven for twelve. Still better than last year. Uh dude has a leg. Like his his good kicks were sailing over that tower that you see. Uh I'm also petitioning him because he does have kind of like the Mohawk, so to speak, haircut going. And he's a fairly big dude. Like he's not your. Oh no, he's he's not your like quintessential kicker that wears number ninety seven. Six has, three two twenty seven. And has glasses and like so he's got the mohawk. He's number forty. Like I'm gonna try to see if he'll switch numbers to forty four, get a neck roll, and kind of take on the Brian Bosworth Oklahoma look. Maybe get like a a headband on. You know, headband going. Um, but he's, he's got a he's got a big leg, um, yeah. So you know, you just have a have a night like shit. You're, you know. Well, the, and, and as we talked about last night on the the nightcap, or two nights ago on the nightcap, it, Malik Van blocked one of the first his first or second kick. Uh, third. It, it was early third. Yeah, it was very yeah. early. And from then, I think it was in his head, like especially because I mean. Malik could have laid down and waited at the holder's like point and just like given it one of these. Yeah, I was standing under the goalpost, so I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah, it was a it was one of those like shotgun it went, blocks. It went it's, the other it's way. It's going the other like it hits their hand and sounds like a shotgun going off. Like, yeah. yeah, it was going the other way. It wasn't like a tip that ended up in the end zone or something. To to my knowledge, other than that, if you count today. He's 14 of 16 in camp. I mean, That's pretty good. Just, just like, I mean, and I'm the wrong person to talk about this because I wouldn't kick ever. Um, 
But like, just make it so that you, we have some confidence that if it's fourth and ten from the twenty-five, we have like a seventy percent chance of making the kick. Right. Like, Instead don't be two for eleven from forty yards, where we're yeah. going, where we're having to go for it on fourth and ten from you know the thirty, because we have we just we're like, there's no way we're going to make this. Which I would still go for it, but I know that's not how our coaches. That's how your brain works. That's right. That's how your those brain kicker works. scholarships can be could be used for position players. If I was in charge, I, I, there's another freshman that sneakily has started to catch my eye with the third team fairly regularly, and I don't know if if you saw anything from him on Tuesday night. I, maybe you'll it, now that I mention it. Maybe you'll. It'll jump out on Saturday, but Jonathan Thompson with the threes has been making I, plays. I did notice him just because I had to check to see like who was twenty two, um, because he probably did something good. And you're well, like, it was just like well, I was in my line of sight on the defense. I saw the linebacker. I saw twenty two. I'm like, I don't know who that is right now. Like, um, I'm not saying he made like a, but he definitely didn't seem out of place or anything. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely keep you know keep an eye Saturday, you know, while the threes are going. When it's usually when I you know, that's a well, lot more interesting now than yeah. it used to be. When the threes are going is usually when Dan and I strike up a uh, some sort of off-topic conversation. Um, you and Dan, my I think you and Dan have a bromance. I mean, I think he really wants to go on this trip. Bad. He, came, he came back to me like later on in the night. It was like I can't stop thinking about Scotland. Yeah, Dan wants Dan wants to go to Scotland with Dave. I'm like, you can go, man. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to get content from that trip. Of, <laughs> you get, well, you my one Dan buddy, and... I told the guy that's gonna that's going with me, and he goes, that means we're gonna have to do like a recap podcast. Yeah. I was like, I guess we'll turn the BCJ pod into a golf podcast for one day. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be in, what, like March? May of 2024. May. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's full. full oh, yeah, he was like, season. that's the best month for me to go, too. So, like, I think, yeah. that, I think that helped helped him in his own mind be like, yeah, this is something I, I want to try to do because, like, the timing, the time of year works out for him. And then he was kind of bribing you. He was kind of like, can I bring somebody? Like, yeah. It'll be worth like, it. do you Can need I a bring... do you need a fourth? I was like, <laughs> we'll see. Long, long, long way away, but it, but it was funny. Uh, what, what did you? What was your friend's initial reaction to? Hey, do you mind if Dan Horde goes with us? Yeah, I said, I said, I said, I think I might have a third for our for our trip, and he's like, cool. I got the radio voice for the Bengals and the Bearcats, and he was like, oh, that would be fun. <laughs> Oh boy, that would. I might have to like send a camera crew. I I just want to see if Dan can hang. Oh, I guarantee you he can. I guarantee you. Me and me and my buddy are you know. He used to drink like hang with hugs. That was a long time ago. Yeah, (laughs) and it's a long trip with a lot of walking and a lot of golf. And I'm I'm not even saying I wouldn't doubt Dan Horton. I'm not even saying I could hang that much, but um, <laughs> you might not be able to hang with you by yeah, that point in but, time. Yeah, it, it's a, a we don't play golf and then like go to bed. 
No, <laughs> so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't anticipate that Dan does either. No. But the Dave Simone Dan Horde bro trip to Scotland to play golf somehow has to be content. Somehow <laughs> has to be content. I don't know how. For sure. Somehow. For sure. We'll, we'll figure it out. We got two years to. <laughs> a little, little less than two years to come up with yeah. some ideas. So, um, I don't know. You got any more camp stuff? That's a, no, that's, not that's really. a lot Maybe. of camp stuff tonight. Is there anything you're you're? I mean, I, I guess it's tough to say. Like we're looking for anything specific. Or, I'm looking. Stuff. I'm looking to see like that's just the setup of the day. How much attention is more paid to running the ball? Um, stuff like that. I just want to see. Because the defensive line has been, you know, I think you can agree has been pretty dominant. Um, the the D line and linebackers, as we expected, have been. So, like, are they going to let the offensive line kind of like just, you know, for lack of a better term, like it's four minute, it's four minute drill. We're up seven. We got the ball. Let's end this game. Like, are they going to let? Are they just going to have a series or two where they basically just try to big boy it and and be like, we're going to run it. Let's see how it goes. I think the question is, can the offensive line say enough of this shit? Right, but I mean, like, you got to put them in a, in a setting to do that, too, and I don't think they've done that from a run game standpoint to, to this point. Yeah, but I'm saying, it's like, they got it. let's go. You're right. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. It's on them. Houston's got a good D-line. Arkansas's going to have a good D-line. Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Uh, higher ground, but question, curious, uh, Asiago, cheese, very cheap, very cheesy name. Uh, not during a, recruitment, a cheesy question. No cheesy name. <laughs> uh, during recruitment, how much of an asset emphasis put on higher ground recruits and family visit higher ground or no, 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 that's not, I don't know that that's really something you want to bring up in the recruitment here. Here's the place we. Uh, here's the place in the woods that we take you to. Here's here's uh, where you'll be sleeping your freshman year, which is like thirty bunk beds in a room with yeah. no air conditioning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they might have air conditioning. I'm just saying they have air conditioning. Like, they, they, let's not do that to Chuck. They, they, Spe- speaking of questions, do we need to put out an APB for Tonk? Where is is Tonk? Like, yeah, Tonk. Like, I'm. I mean, it's kind of like a. You know, do we need to do a wellness check? We might need to do a wellness check. I might have upset him. Like, it, it, he sends me a lot of messages. Like, especially, he's very good at sending me messages while I'm working, and he knows I'm working. And he'll like send me like a tweet or something. Be like, "What do you think about this?" Or he sent me a tweet from like the the dude that has gone viral, the Oklahoma TCU. Like, he was rapping or whatever. Okay. Like, do we have anybody that can do this? Oh. It's like, Tonk, I'm in the middle of a 17 hour day. Like, I I, I don't. Come on, brother. I need I need to uh, I need to know from Jeffrey. Earlier he said he eats berries and yogurt every night, and then he just said he had an Asiago on his omelet tonight. Did you, did you just eat breakfast for dinner all the time? And he had an, an omelet with Asiago. And at what time did the does, does he have berries and yogurt after you have an omelet with Asiago? Does he do something where like he eats like dinner for breakfast and just does a full, full switch? That would be interesting. Like have chicken wings at like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, seven thirty. 
I, I asked Taryn something yesterday on the radio. I don't know if you heard. I, I heard, and it you're not going to like my answer. I don't know that I would like it, but I would try it. I don't even think I would because, like, the wings. You have to say what it is because nobody knows oh, what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, so somebody, I think it was actually Javon Hicks, retweeted a picture of um, instead of a seafood boil, it was a seafood boil, but without seafood, instead it had chicken wings. So like chicken here's, wings, yeah, here's potatoes, corn. So you're having boiled chicken wings? Probably. I, guess, I mean, yeah, I guess you would I'm, have I'm, to. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out on that. I mean, I just like a wing to me is supposed to be crispy and have sauce and like no, I'm I'm not I'm not having a boiled chicken wing. <laughs> like it sounds like a boiled hot dog. Like I mean, know. it looked pretty. good. I agree, Dave. I'm I'm totally with Dave on this. No shot. The picture itself. Looked I'm not, pretty good. I mean, I'm sure it looked good. I'm sure it probably even tastes good. But that's just that's just not my thing. Like. I can't imagine being like, you know, usually you have shrimp and sausage in this, but I'm going to do chicken wings instead, and that's going to be better. Like, no, just do the thing that is good. Boiling meat at the melting pot is is pretty much where I draw the line. Like, I don't even thoroughly enjoy the melting pot. Like, give me give me the the cheese. So you don't want a fondue set for your a gift for your daughter? No, I'm going to get you one. Give me give me the melted cheese. Give me the the melted fudge at the end. But but. Get me out of the, the boiled meat. <laughs> yeah, I just... All the finest boiled meats and cheeses. Yeah, that, that's just not... does not sound appealing to me. Yeah, I didn't think I would necessarily... Like, I don't know. I like, just, you know, on, on the scale of where I would want my chicken wings to taste like Old Bay, not high. <laughs> like, I, there's a lot of, lot of flavors I would rather have my chicken wings tasting than than old bay yeah that's fair aaron are you gonna make it down saturday did you get a hall pass uh tbd um there is a planned power outage here from 10 a.m or 10 p.m to 6 6 a.m did, did you I, move to california I, dude i don't know what they're doing out here it's aep and i don't i don't know they're, they're just shutting down the, they're shutting down the grid in a planned shutdown for eight hours like I didn't know it, that we needed to have a generator for all these planned shutdowns. Like last time it didn't, it didn't even end when the scheduled end was supposed to be. So we'll see. You're going to have to stay and talk for a minute. Hold on. That sounds okay. awful. Um, yep. Yeah. So let's see. What, what would you like me? What would you like me to talk about now, Aaron? You can, you, you pick the topic. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess like as, <laughs> I, I don't think this is enough to make a topic for um, for the actual nightcap tonight, but in the Field of Dreams game right now, the Reds are getting spanked, go figure, and you have two terrible teams in the Field of Dreams game. Can you imagine a situation where you have a like just special game in like college football where you put two teams that are just absolute dog shit against each other in this like <laughs> ultimate game like, it was supposed this... to be like spe a special thing yeah this is like, dumb I, 
I'll probably get crushed for this. One, I'm not like a huge baseball fan, although you know, which is why I'm I'm trying to bring it back into right. Bearcats. But like, I don't get the whole thing. Like, I it, <laughs> it I, I I I don't think I've ever seen Field of Dreams. Like, I don't. So I don't really understand like why there's all these people on Twitter geeking out over guys playing a baseball game in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. Um, but like, no, like you would never be like, and the other part of that is like, why do you have to pick the teams a year ahead of time? I, I like, I can't you play. just like be like, okay, these two teams are good. Guess what? You're going to play there. Like, you know, in a, a month from now or something. Right. Like, it shouldn't be decided last, like the end <laughs> of last year that oh, we're going to have these two teams that, oh, by the way, are going to have sold off every player that you're going to want to see because they, they don't, they don't care. Like, um, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's different because in from college football, I mean, college football does this type of thing. Like they have the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, which has been like a total snoozer <laughs> for, for the last several years. I think Alabama beat the dog shit out of Miami, Florida last year in it. And I think what Louisville played Ole Miss maybe two years ago. Or I don't even in that in that Alabama Miami game wasn't the U supposed to be back? Yeah, but but even then, <laughs> like even then, it's not they're not like being like, all right, we're gonna take East Carolina, or even just take them from like a power conference. All right, it's gonna be Mississippi State against Rutgers versus Minnesota, and we're gonna sell this to you as this like super incredible thing because they're playing you know, in this historic football stadium that, you know. Schedule-wise, schedule I think here is why. They didn't travel there until this morning. Right, like they played – the only reason I know that is because I'm a Mets fan and I watched the Mets dog walk the shit out of the Braves – or the Reds the last three Reds. days. They beat yeah. them so bad, I didn't even get to hear Edwin Diaz and Narco. Like, <laughs> Chad, you can you can do these things called double headers. I'm sure they can move the schedule around to accommodate. Like, yeah, but they also scheduled tomorrow. Like, you never get a Friday off. All right, here's here's an idea. Have they scheduled tomorrow different. off. I mean, I I got an idea. Why don't you like? This is the thing that I mean. We're not going to turn this into a baseball podcast, but like, why don't you turn the All Star game into like an entire week, and then you have the All Star game, and then like two days later you have this thing. Because it's already starting too early in the year, because you have snow in some places, and yeah, too, well, ending that, too late in the year. That's again, their own fault for, for caring that much about 162 <laughs> games and and records that were set. You know how like the NFL seems to change their games and and everything like every couple of years, and no one see, no one is going back and being like complaining that the, there's now 17 games in the the records. Did you hear my different. analogy today, Dave? About baseball, yeah, I did. I have a little bit of a different one, but oh, still in kind of the same so, okay, game. Yeah. My, my analogy is that baseball is like uh, it's like a relationship, like a, a long term relationship or a marriage. It's six months. You get off work every day. You come home. You have dinner. You put on your your baseball game. You spend three hours in front of the the TV watching your baseball team. You go to bed. You wake up the next day. You do it all over again for six months. That's that's a relationship. Like that's commitment. That's like being a baseball fan is the hardest thing to do because like you have to really, that's why you're not a baseball fan because you can't, you're, you aren't going to commit to doing that every day. 
That's why that's your issue with baseball, right? No, well, ba- the Mets to me are be interesting enough to keep my attention until football starts. Right. So to me, or be really, really damn good like this year, and then it'll continue to pay attention to you when football starts. But if you're just kind of like mediocre, you know, or even maybe like a fringe playoff team, I'm going to lose interest once football starts. Football is like your party phase or your soul, your single phase, right? Like here's, here's the way I looked at it. Kind of like what you said, but a little bit different. Football is you're like, when you're actually in college, kind of like, can call her girlfriend or or whatever you or boyfriend or whatever you want to call them like while you're in school that's football like you got someone to hang out with when you want to but like they're not getting in the way of you going out with your boys or your girls right on a friday saturday night and getting stupid and they're, they'll be there on sunday for you like you know when you come back no one's getting jealous of each other or they'll be there for you on saturday night when you get home right like no, you're not getting jealous of each other for two weekends in a row you want they want to do something with their friends or whatever. And then baseball is like when you come home from summer break and you like rekindle something with maybe your high school girlfriend or someone from your school that you know and now you're kind of like linked up together or something where for those 3 months like if here's the thing like if if your baseball team's doing great baseball is awesome in the summer because like you want that next game. You're like, "Man, we've won 5 in a row." Now coming with six yeah, in the row. Mets have won like what fifteen of seventeen. Yeah, like it's, but like, so that's fun. So it's like, yeah, we come home for the summer. You got your three months at home for the summer or whatever, and you you're you know you just go kind of like, you know, have your good time. But there's no commitment. Like everybody knows that when they go back to school, that was just a fun thing we did on the summer, and now it's time to get back into like the real stuff with my boys or some new girl or boy that I found. Like, like that's the way I look at it. Like. It's great if it's going good because you want that repetitiveness of it. And you Yeah, enjoy, but if you're, you're a baseball fan, there's a chance your season, unless you're, you're a fan of like the Yankees or, you know, the Dodgers or whatever, right. there's a decent chance your season is like just average. Like just you're dreading well, that's the thing, uh, that like, August evening, that August Wednesday you have to come home and watch a 7-10 first pitch because you've already invested four months into this shit of a team that's like eight games under 500. Well, like that's what I like to me as someone who's not like a huge baseball fan, I'm not a huge NBA fan either, but like when they had, when the baseball had the shortened season because of COVID and the that M- 60 game season was awesome. And the NBA had the shortened season because of the lockout the one year. Like those were some of the most exciting seasons that I can remember. Yeah. Like I just like, because you didn't have to make the commitment. How do you like? And granted, chopping forty games off or something isn't going to change a ton. But like, like you said this year, and and like the Reds started like two and twenty three. Yeah. Unless you are just an absolute dire fan, and baseball is your love, and you don't care. Like, literally, one month into the season, three and twenty two. The season was over. Yeah. Like it's over, man. Like, it wasn't even Mother's Day. It wasn't even, like, the middle of May. Right. And the year is over. And, like, how, are you, how are you supposed to keep people's interest when, when, when that happens? And 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the season's way too long. I even think the NBA season's too long. Like, but um, and the reason the reason it came up and it sucks. Like, I, I make fun of them, um, but like, I feel bad for Red. Like, I feel bad for the fans. Like, I never want to see a team because it's total BS. Like, you have plenty of money to have a competitive team. That doesn't mean you're you have plenty of money to win the World Series every year or sign whoever you want or make whatever trades you want. But if you have enough money to own a professional sports team, you have enough money to put a team on the field that is not going to possibly lose a hundred games. They spent one hundred and twenty million dollars on this team. I, I don't want to get into the Reds. That's why I was trying to steer it away, and you like directed <laughs> it back. The reason it came up was because they, Tony and, and Austin on Cincy 360, Tony Pike, of course, um, said basically today is the end of the red season. Because tomorrow, the Bengals start. Saturday is UC's first scrimmage. Like, and, and that's where I got to this. Like, tonight, I'm breaking up with the Reds. There's college, football, gonna, there's college football in two weeks. Three weeks. Weeks, no. Week zero is in two weeks. Two weeks from tonight, or three weeks from tonight is the backyard brawl. Yeah, but there's games the week before that. I mean, right. Knowing that you would want to watch. But there is real ass, like, it matters college football in two weeks. So, I'm breaking up with the Reds tonight. Like, I still have to do radio. I got a whole week at the end of August, beginning of September. Like, I still have to do that stuff. But I'm breaking up with the Reds. I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I'm done with you. I was going to do it like maybe over a phone call, but after like having this game on in the background, uh, I think I've decided that I'm going to do it over text. I'm just like, texting I, the rest of I would just ghost them. They don't even deserve it. Well, I've been trying that for like three weeks. Uh, and then they had this stupid field of dreams game tonight. Well, just block their number. <laughs> you can always unblock it if they give you a reason to. I, well, you I have assume, to unblock I, it when spring training starts next year. I assume shit, they're not gonna be a good next year either. Um, I know, but you still I, I assume still to, I assume the field of dreams game is not going well. Is that what you're saying? Uh four nothing Cubs. Oh well, that's a shame. Fifth inning or um, something along those lines. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's enough uh baseball talk. Yeah. Well I was tr- I kept trying to bring it back to football and you kept talking baseball. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean it's it's wild that like Everybody keeps saying it. I don't necessarily agree, but like, you know, Cincinnati is a baseball town. I mean, they haven't been good in baseball for like 30 years. So how can you say it's a base like but the Bengals have also never been like this good and UC has never been this good at the same time. At the same the, time, right. The Reds are sucking. So like you're real damn close to like if you don't if they don't get this figured out, like it's about to not be a baseball town. Yeah. Like, I wait till you, it's, it's going to be in the 70s tomorrow night. Like, we make fun of preseason football. Uh, I, I think people are going to be a little surprised when they see how many people are at that game. Yeah. So, do you do you want me to, to exit and re-enter? Because apparently, according to your, um, your survey thread that you put up, which I'm not really sure why, <laughs> Aaron and I had a talk about that last night. <laughs> you just kind of asked yourselves to step into that one. Um, 
But apparently, Jeez, Louise. apparently the people like they real, love realignment expert Dave. Yeah, they Simone. love. Okay, let's see. Whoa. All right, now we're joined by realignment expert Dave Simone. Guys, thanks for having me back. Welcome back, Dave. It's always hey. good to have you on the show. Yeah. You're, you're a fan favorite. The people keep requesting uh, <laughs> Dave Simone as I'm part of this podcast. I'm honored. I'm honored. We're going to need to work on like a, a costume change. I know. E easily my favorite favorite podcast to guest on. We're going to need to work on a costume change. I know. I don't. Well, we're going to have to let, let me be off screen a lot longer than the three seconds you just, you just of did. Of course. I'm, we're workshopping live on the fly. This is another <laughs> thing. Like, people want this podcast to be professional. I refuse. No. This is a, like, that's kind of like my bait. Like, this is a fan site. This is not NPR or even like The Athletic that has like some major money behind it and and like real ass like big national level sponsors that anybody outside of cincinnati has heard of like i don't know how we can be any more professional than changing your name just now it's true he makes I mean, I, i'm two people yeah, um, and that's that's wrong it's dave, dave simone is the realignment expert that's right david simone is yeah, the co-host of this you, podcast you got a little should i start a second personal twitter account that's like dave, realignment, dave Simone, expert. realignment expert yeah yeah you should yeah. you absolutely see, see should. what kind of and following i can get you only comment on realignment that's from right. that but uh I, look dude if you started having fun with that and like made it like a parody account almost yeah like like the west virginia's or you know right. like all those guys you would have 50,000 followers in uh, no time. Because people would prob people probably Twitter search like conference or conference realignment all the time. Yeah. And if my name was literally just like conference realignment expert Dave Simone. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody would be on board. I, I, Everybody would be on board. We need <laughs> we need to workshop this a little bit more. But I do, I, I want to do something there. I do want to start out with a, a little a quiz for you. Okay. The Big Ten signed their last rights deal. Six years ago. Yes. Do you know how much that was for? Well, it was roughly 40 to $50 million a team at the time. 14, 14 teams? So I don't 14 even teams. know. I'll just... Uh, three quarters of a billion dollars. It's $440 million. Just under half yeah. a billion dollars. Six years ago. And now they're going to get give or take a billion like what goes up, what value goes up more than live sports rights nothing like the sec pay or espn paying like 330 million for the sec is like a steal man mm -hmm. <laughs> so um it's just wild that like that this stuff and i don't know if there's a trickle down like i I am not as thrilled about like ESPN being totally out of the Big Ten as it seems like some are. Um, until I know how much of the Big Ten Fox is taking, and I guess no. we'll we won't know until they say, which they might never like. Does CBS and NBC want to play even more? 
Or is CBS cool with just like having the Mountain West on CBS Sports, which is a different thing than than broadcast CBS? Like those aren't the same thing. Um. So like, are they done with the Big Ten? Because if that's the case, then it's kind of ESPN and nobody. So like, why would they need? Like, they couldn't be like, yeah, we'll give you this. I think my question there is, um, and since you're the realignment expert, I'll aim this at you. Does ESPN decide, why don't we just, you know, get rid of the dead weight, make this one entity and save ourselves a bunch of money over spending on two entities that really don't like differentiate that much. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, you've already got, they've already got an exclusive deal with the SEC and an exclusive deal with the ACC. I think there is a better chance that the, that Fox still wants to have a part of the Big 12. Uh, You know, the rumor is they don't, that Fox doesn't. Yeah, I don't, they're, they've washed their hands of the, the oh the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. I thought you meant the Pac Twelve. Yeah. No, no. Rivers Fox has washed their hands of the Pac Twelve. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe that. I mean, when they when the when they released the statement about introducing Brett Yormark as the commissioner, they got three people's comments, and one of them was an executive from Fox. Like, I don't think you're just like gonna get that person to. Because I'm sure they could have gotten a lot of people to, to give a three-sentence thing about how great Brett Yormark is. They got Adam Silver to do it. And so, like, I don't think you're going to have him give a comment like that if there's still not some level of interest in them holding some of the conference's rights. And I think that's important because, like, I look at it from the Pac-12 standpoint, like if Fox isn't going to bid on the, isn't going to be a part of the Pac-12 anymore. As of now, it seems unlikely that NBC or CBS is going to be a part of the Pac-12. I'm just saying that by just observing there's, I don't think there's been anything official, non-official. Like I just have not seen those two networks talked about when you read things about all this stuff. Right. So it kind of leaves ESPN and what many believe will be some sort of streaming service. Why? Like I hear people and smart people and people that follow this, like say like, this is good news for the big 12 and the Pac 12. And I'm like, why? Like who is ESPN bidding against? That that exclusive yeah, window that exclusive window open and closed, which I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. But like, because ESPN would just be bidding against themselves. Right. So you know, and according to the Pac 12, like they want to take it to market. But now, now that the Big Ten is taking three networks and I guess Turner could get involved or whatever. Um, 
But now that the Big Ten has taken three networks, and two of those networks are paying like 350-ish million dollars a year to broadcast the the second and slash third best game of the week. Yeah. Like, how much are they, if anything, are they going to pay for the leftover Pac-12? So who? So what is different now from that exclusive window? Like ESPN is still kind of bidding against themselves. Yeah. So they just Aaron. they have they have holes in their content that they need to fill. But how much are they going to be willing to pay for that? And that that's why I think it's important that the Big Twelve still has another partner. Like I think keeping Fox and having ESPN is crucial. Um, because why would ESPN then, if Fox isn't going to be involved at all for the Big 12, why is ESPN going to pay two other conferences that to basically be their exclusive media rights holder as well when they already have deals with the biggest conference and then the ACC? Like, what time slots are those other two conferences going to get? Like, the SEC is basically going to be at seven, three thirty, and seven thirty every week on ESPN, ESPN, and ABC. Outside of your random Clemson good game, which there's no one else good in the ACC, but they're still going to put Clemson on <laughs> because they should. Yeah. And I mean that makes sense. But like, I'm I just I don't want like I did not want the Big Ten to just te- like totally detach themselves from ESPN. They needed to have something. Um, but uh, but if I'm and also... instead they took the other two things that were possible. Right. But if but also, if I'm the ESPN, the offer, what the Big Ten wanted them to take, I would have told them to, like, literally go after yourself. Like, that was such a ridiculous deal that they were trying to get them to take. I don't... Like, I think they wanted out of the ESPN business. They did. Well, it seems like they did, because... For you know, and we can laugh about it, and I do think it's funny. Like there does seem to be this like theory going around that they SEC, just SEC, ESPN, Big yeah, that they're Fox. just in the bag for for the SEC as if like if Ohio State's twelve and zero, they're like not going to talk about them on ESPN. Right. It's such a ridiculous paranoia thing that like people are talking about. Well, now that the Big Ten's not on ESPN, like are they going to talk about them? If your teams are good. They can't not talk about you. Like, right. you if Ohio State's the number one team in the country, you think they're just not going to talk about them on game day or or college football live or whatever? Like, it's it's so absurd. Um, but Kevin Warren. But they, I, what I will say though is they can set a, a negative narrative, even when they're talking about you. But they've been doing that for sure. I mean, and that might be that that might be part of the reason they want to like go to Fox who has big noon kickoff and, and, and is trying to sell that, but you think game day is going to actually go to big 10 schools now though? Cause. Oh yeah. They, they still have, but not if ESPN has nothing to do with the big 10. Right. I don't, there's no, no reason. I, I still think they could. I, I don't think it will. I think it'd be so, silly. So Michigan, Ohio state. Is, Why would you drive viewers to that game when you have rival games that you can travel to, to try and hype that game up? I think but it'd be so silly. If, if Michigan, Ohio State is one, one versus, versus two. three or two, they're, they're going to go. And, and Big Ten, Big Noon kickoff is already there. They've done that already. And Alabama-Auburn is 
you know, two versus seven. Well, that's not happening. It's happened a million times before. I'm, I just don't think they're going to like just totally not be involved. If they don't have a penny invested in the Big Ten, they're not doing the Big Ten any favors. I'm not saying they're doing them favors, but there's they're going to bringing game day to the Big Ten when you don't have a Big Ten. It's not like, a favor. A They've had game day in Columbus a hundred, like literally, like probably. 15 yeah, because times. they they have a they've had a, a partnership with the Big Ten for forty years, and they're really good all the time. Yes, but it will be different. It will be different. It'll be different, but I no I still don't think they're going to just like not do that no i don't think they're gonna not talk about them i'm just saying the narrative will be a lot different well i mean right if we're being like big new kickoff's a better show anyway you know yeah. <laughs> if you're into like football and not you know act, you don't have the, to listen to crazy ass all the nonsense all the nonsense Corso. that game days turned into um but like kevin warren coming from the vikings has taken it's weird like for a while, everything was on broadcast. Then it was like, nope, we got to get on cable. We got to get cable, cable, cable. And now it's turned back around to where it's like back on broadcast. And I mean, he's doing what the NFL did. And he's doing it. You know, a lot of people have talked about how, like, when they were supposedly supposed to have their deal done in May and then it didn't happen, that that was Fox, like, telling them to, like, slow down. And I think it, I think it was the opposite. I think it was Kevin Warren telling the rest of the people in the Big Ten, like, this is dumb. We don't need to tie ourselves to, like, one or two things. Like, look what we did in the NFL. The playoffs are this, like, huge thing now where there's games on Fox, there's games on CBS, there's games on ESPN, ABC. And that's what I think is going to happen with the playoff is they're going to open that up. And all of the different networks are going to bid on different elements. So you're going to have some playoff game here and some playoff game. I mean, which is the way it should be. Like, you would never want one network to hold the entire playoff. Right. They don't pay, have to pay as much. Um, so I am, I'm a little, you know, I, I'm not as bullish on the whole, like, ESPN being quote unquote of having more available or being more available um, is better for the Big 12. I'm not sure on that yet. Yeah. Um, Richard Smiley, thank you for the donation. Much appreciated. You know how to get your questions read around here. Uh, join the show late. We'll forgive you this time. Uh, should Luke go with the younger quarterback if the race, the, the job is close? No. Go with the better. Go, you don't. You go no, this is, you this isn't a, a, we're not to trying to this isn't a rebuild year we're not trying to get get somebody reps yeah I, I don't i don't i don't agree with that sentiment you go with the guy that thinks you think gives you the best chance to win at arkansas uh dan which i almost want to just start calling you realignment expert dan simone okay kind of like um like levitard used to do with tim kirchin uh <laughs> Somebody accidentally called him Tom one time, and they just <laughs> his name was Tom. Oh, hey, okay. Tom. Uh, hey, Tom. Question for you. Uh, so Dan Simone might be your alter ego better than Dave. Okay. Because people people might be a little confused if it's Dan. If it's Dave, they're going to know it's just David Simone. Right. True. What are, What are your thoughts on thoughts on that, Dan? 
Um, sure. Okay, Dan. Uh, yeah. Dan, can the Big Twelve get sixty-five million a year? Uh, I, if they can, then Brett Yormark is a way better commissioner than anyone could have possibly. <laughs> and and here's it's probably going to start at forty-five or fifty. And and like... I, I don't, I don't think so. You don't? No. The forty-two point okay. six that they distributed this year is the highest number the Big 12 has ever given out. And that is all of the Can money. You just point out that that the Big the Big 10 is going to double. Yeah. Double. The Big 10 also a- added I know. USC Big, and UCLA. The Big 12 has and has and the Big 10 has been a premier entity for a long time with major major brands. It's Ohio State and the chumps. <coughs> Those chumps are, are still popular. I'm aware. So, in, you know, some of this is is a total estimate. I think I think all these things that we see are somewhat educated guesses. But if you gave out forty two point six in everything, that's that's TV revenue. That's you know. Big 12 championship credits, game money. NCAA that's credits. NCAA credits. That's bowl money. That's that's a uh, co- uh, a conference basketball tournament that actually makes money, I'm assuming. Like, it's funny that you never hear Mike Oresco at their media day talk about the, the total money that they distributed to all the teams. Yeah. With, like you do in, in all the other leagues. Sure. <laughs> um. But so, like, you know, Bob Bowlesby made the comment, and I, I'm i not sure that it's accurate and it doesn't seem like it, but we don't actually know until – we won't know until we, we there's a new TV deal. Like, he said Texas and Oklahoma were worth 50%. So, what does that mean to, like, where the TV money starts? So, if they're worth 50%, are you starting the the media part of this in the 20s? Are you starting it in the low 30s, if that's true? So then you're adding in all this other stuff. Um, So I've always looked at it as like, if the first year of it can be the same as this year, then I think that would be pretty good. I just... I have a hard time thinking that as much as we like the Bearcats and Houston and UCF and BYU and, and we're very bullish on the Big 12 from an on-the-field standpoint and it's going to be fun and competitive and the, the football is better and the basketball is better, I'm a little leery to just think that's, that they're just all of a sudden going to you know, get in the range of 40 to $50 million a year just from the TV part of it. Mm -hmm. And then the other elements make it into the high 50s or possibly the 60s. Um, So I'm I'm kind of taking like a a very much wait and see approach and a very much like, you know, setting my expectations a little bit lower and then be pleasantly surprised than think that because these other leagues have seen this boom in 
in just six years, like we just talked about. I mean, the thing doubled in six years. I don't see that same valuation for the Big 12 property. Like, I don't, like, because if it was, then they would open up their window and NBC would want to give them $200 million and CBS would want to give them $250 million. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not bullish on, on that big of a number. Okay. Anything else, uh, Dan Simone? Someone asked Carolina about the, uh, the Oregon president leaving. I don't think that has much to do with – I think it hurts the Pac-12. He's going to Northwestern to be their president. I don't think that's like all of a sudden like he's going to bring North bring Oregon in. But like he's the, he's the chair of the Pac-12 board. So this probably isn't an awesome time to be replacing that guy. Um. And I'm just like the Pac-12 seems like they're gonna go fairly heavy on a streaming deal. It seemed like um, the Big Ten is gonna go somewhere with that. Like a, a lot of it was was Amazon or Apple, and apparently one of them I think made a pretty darn good offer. Um, or it could be Peacock because of the NBC tie. Yeah, Peacock would make sense. I guess the other thing is just like there's been a lot of talk of like does this does NBC's involvement help facilitate Notre Dame into the Big Ten? And I'm I'm still of the side that NBC's involvement I think actually helps Notre Dame stay independent. because they've been wanting something to basically give them like an extra reason for someone to watch NBC more. Yeah. The interesting part there, of course, being Notre Dame's affiliation is with the ACC and now the big 10 and ESPN are no longer uh, bedfellows. Right. I I just think that part is it. I don't know what, I'm not smart. I'm not a conference realignment expert like expert, yourself, Dan. Right. I mean, not many people are. Um, Takes years and years of, of yeah. practice. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to love this bit. It's so good. Especially now that UC is already in the Big 12 and we're yeah. still like doing this. I'm going to love it. But seriously, Dan, um, I don't know what that means, but it, it has to eventually mean something, right? Because like I just I I look at it this way. The SEC does not want Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. Of course not. So from a playoff standpoint, Greg Sankey has become buddy buddy with Jack Swarbrook. They were on the whole committee that tried to do the whole 12 team thing. The SEC is always going to do what's best for them, but also what keeps Notre Dame independent. Whatever the well, yeah, because is, that's what's best for them. Right. Whatever the format of the playoff is, it's always gonna have or their goal is to always have Notre Dame have like a way in as an independent because they don't want them to join the Big Ten. Yeah, Notre Dame lay the way in; they're out. No, out, out. Notre Dame does not want to play games in West Lafayette, Indiana, Champaign, Illinois. You know, 
Iowa City, Iowa, like the mystique and the draw of Notre Dame is the independence, is that we're different, is that and we're going to play USC and Stanford and Michigan play, and, and we're going to play and, and we're going to play BYU in Vegas and we're going to play this team in the, the the Jets in the Giant Stadium and we're going to play this team in Baltimore, Baltimore or Ireland like all of that goes away when they join a conference once they most join, of it most of it they're still going to have an out of conference schedule they yeah can... but i mean like the 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 mystique well, and the draw of them goes away right like the, they're not any different like yeah ohio state plays cool out of conference games but they also have to go to Maryland and Rutgers and right you know so the playoff I think is always going to be or is going to be advantageous to them like I think that's one way that they might be forced to join a conference if it's like if it's like you have to win your conference or you know if you're not in a conference then you have to do the BYU thing like where you have to finish in the top whatever yeah um or they have, they feel like they're at such a disadvantage from it, just a, a flat out dollar standpoint. And I think people would be pretty surprised at like how low their NBC deal currently is. I mean, I've heard it's as low as like $15, 20000000 million a year. And that now, currently, yeah, it's, it's, it's between 15, somewhere between 15 and 20. And closer to fifteen than twenty, I believe. And now they're, you know, they have a, their TV deals up in a couple of years. NBC has shown that they want to see. That's the other thing. NBC's showing that they want to be more in college football. To me, tells me that they're going to be more into Notre Dame. Fair. Um, <laughs> and because they're doing this to to bolster Notre, Notre Dame's Dame coverage. Content. Right. Yeah. Like, as a standalone entity that Notre Dame was for seven games out of the year, if you're not a Notre Dame fan or your team wasn't playing them, you had no reason to watch NBC. Yeah. So now, Notre Dame has a good game and you're the Big Ten game after, you're going to probably watch NBC. You're going to watch some of that Notre Dame game. If the CBS, you know, if the CBS Big Ten game isn't something that you're interested in, if the Notre Dame game is better. And Jack Schwarber just makes comments that just, and we know these guys say what they need to say, but like, they've steadfastly been that their independence is important and they have a sweetheart deal in the ACC, which they would have to buy their way out of the grant of rights and pay an exit fee. Now, I don't know how much that would be. But like it's not much for basketball and their right, but it would it would essentially be you know unless it would essentially be lighting money on fire yeah they they can do that though they can I mean they have the best fun they you know that's why their NBC deal being low doesn't really matter their fundraising right. is is outstanding um Catholics you know they do they, they do that thing well but you know, I just I'm gonna I'm I've held to that idea that nothing that's happened has forced their hand yet, and I I just don't see why 
in the next two years, they would all of a sudden be like, we have to join the Big Ten. Like, we can't compete anymore. They're number five in the country with a guy that's never coached a game. Like, and he's recruiting his ass off. Like, none of these things are hurting them. Right. Aaron wants to go with realignment expert Dan Simon. I like that. Dan Simon, yeah. Yeah. Do Do we give you, like, do we put some glasses on you? Um, how do we gussy you up to be, like, to be give, this... give me some hair? I mean, I mean, are you, are you, are you willing to wear a wig? Oh yeah. I'll wear a wig, glasses, please. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be like an eighties rocker wig. I don't care. Oh, like a mullet? <laughs> no, just like some big, some big hair. I'm, I'm down with whatever. You know, this you is what we do get... here. We workshop stuff while we're live. Most we need people to do this we need... like behind the scenes. You know what we need to do is we need to like figure out a way to like get me on some radio show in like another city. Like, hey, have you heard about realignment expert Dan Simon in Cincinnati? It's like, what we, we need gotta... to do is get you on the radio in Cincinnati as realignment expert Dan Simon. That's true. Because all of our our members would would know the joke, so it would be funny. Right. And, and, you know, people that have loosely watched the BCJ pod might be like, that, that looks an awful lot like that. Dave Simone. Well, if you're on the radio, nobody's going to see you. They're just no, going to hear you. They're going to be like, sounds. yeah, that sounds an awful lot like Dave Dave Simone, but it's really realignment <laughs> expert Dan Simon. Would be funny. <laughs> um, anything else you got tonight? Realignment expert Dan Simon. Not really. Okay. Not really. I don't have a ton else either. Like I, I mean, you know, you want to preview a team? Not really. No, I got okay. like a sick wife and a kid that I think is getting sick. So I'd, I'd rather not talk any more than than we don't than we have to. So like this is a this is also a, you know we're listening to our constituents constituency. <laughs> Uh, if we do a shorter podcast tonight, right? Because they they say they want shorter podcasts, which I just think is absurd. I don't know. I think mo- I think the shorter podcast people were outnumbered. They were outnumbered because they're cert- they've certainly been outnumbered in this chat. You guys love us going as long as like. Here's the thing, and Dave has talked about this a million times. I do want to discuss this before we get out of here. Okay. We don't go long just to go long. Like we're not doing, there's not like a timer in front of us that, that like I'm holding Dave's feet to the fire and saying, Dave, we are doing two hours tonight. No, we go as long as the, as the long as the, the, the news requires. Um, Aaron, also, you've been on a podcast before that, that just abruptly stops at one hour. Like yep. if, if the content requires more than an hour you continue to talk until you get to a point and that's this is my philosophy on it we continue to talk until we get to that point with dave that i just got a few minutes ago of got anything else no the whole point the whole point is this is a conversation right you don't you don't just end a conversation because you hit an hour well i gotta go see ya well the other thing is, is like i listen to a ton like are our podcasts the only ones that people listen like from beginning to end? Like I listen to a ton of podcasts that I'm not necessarily interested in the entire top, the entire discussion, but I want to hear like 
a certain part of it. So I fast forward or whatever until I get to that part. That's why like, timestamp boy here is so important. Yeah, today's timestamps are not. It's a, it's been a weird episode. Yeah, yeah like I mean, there's a podcast I listened to today that is like fifty something minutes long, and the part I wanted to listen to was on the back half of it, so I just went to that. Yeah, it is possible. I mean, we appreciate everybody if you listen to the whole thing. Um, oh, sure. That's, that's great. And you know, kind of like I I said in the thread, like I don't expect every person to want to listen to everything or agree with everything I say. Like that's why we have multiple platforms and hold on, multiple... hold on, hold on, hold on. We need the... thanks again to realignment expert Dan Simon. Oh. Um we appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Uh very good to have you. And uh let's welcome back uh BCJ expert, Dave Simone. Hi, guys. Good to have you back, Dave. Oh, thanks, thanks. Just had to go take care of a few things. <laughs> all right. Now, you don't have to listen to, like, all of, we don't expect you to listen to everything. And, like, we don't expect you, even, like, all the, the, the written content. We were getting complaints at, at times that there's too much written content on Bearcat Journal now. There, there's... Well, you, never, you, ever, ever too much content. YouTube bozos opened this up by even putting something like that on. Not the me. Not, no, that was. So he just did that on his own volition? Like. We had talked about the survey thing. Not that he was going to start a thread and just like. A survey ask thing everybody. is a great idea. A thread turns into. I don't like this. I don't like this. You guys should do this more. You shouldn't do this. You should. I do was this. just looking for ideas of things to put on the survey. Oh yeah, because that's all I've got. Be, I've got plenty. Of, I've got plenty of, of ideas. Now. Ideas. Plenty <laughs> of ideas now. I got a ton of ideas. If we had like you know a studio and a an extra a, like two hundred thousand dollars yeah, a, a year, an actual ass budget, right? <laughs> like. If anybody yeah. wants to invest $200,000 a year, I'll name this damn thing your company. No, your personal name. Yeah, your name. <laughs> SteveJohnson.com. We will name it that. If you got a nickname, like that has worked in this space before, Pegs.com is named after Mike Pegram that owns the Indiana site. I will sell out faster than you can blink. If it means we've got the money we need to do every, like all the things that I want to do, you need to add more, more people. Well, I've only found these jackasses that are willing to work for basically free. Yeah. Yes. We can have all the personalities you want. Like you want us to charge you $25 a month for your membership. 50. Do I have 50? Do I have 50? Do I have 50? <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a bit much. We could. I'll start doing a Wait, feet only fans. We're doing doing only fans. I mean that 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 barstool chick's charging thirty for nothing. Yeah, not putting anything on there, and she had eight hundred subscribers instantly. All that tells me are there are just like so many weirdos. So many weirdos. So less like I mean I got I just, I just don't care about thirty dollars. I'll I'll do Kelly's feet like on OnlyFans. <laughs> if it, 
But the problem is she's going to want that money. <laughs> I mean, I, I have like, I have like McDonald's chicken nugget big toes. Like I'm sure that'll fetch, a, <laughs> that'll, that'll fetch a, a, a little, a little money they, on the, on the site. The ideas are great, but most of them just require more money than we have. Like we're not, we're not there yet. That's why we're trying. But I love like, I want you guys to do this, 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 that requires more money. But if you don't do exactly what I want, I'm going to unsubscribe. Well, if you unsubscribe, we have less money and I can't, I have to do less. <laughs> I have to cut Aaron. I'm paying Aaron 14 cents an hour. I'll pay him 10 cents an hour if I have to. I'd like to pay him 25 cents an hour. Uh, the other, we did have one other thing I wanted to get to that's, that's work related. Uh, last year, going into college football season, big game sooner, named me, at Chad Brendel, the account to follow for uh, Cincinnati information. This year, they have named you, at Bearcat Journal, the account to follow for UC information. I think that might be because last year they actually followed me and were like, ah, <laughs> I don't know about that. We might have got that one wrong. The guy and seems somebody... to not tweet about you see that often. <laughs> and so they were like, no, you should follow this account. And, you know, Stu, our guy Stu Gilchrist, wanted to try to start a fight and be like, what do you think about this, Chad? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I pay him for. I pay Dave. I literally pay most of what I pay Dave strictly to run the best Cincinnati Bearcats Twitter account that's not affiliated with the University of Cincinnati. That's what I pay you for. Congratulations. Great job on doing your job. It's still better than anything that is affiliated. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's neither here nor there. I'm just allowed to say things that they're not. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But yes, congratulations. It's quite I'm not honor. upset about this. I love this. I, I'm not only a realignment expert, now I am also apparently a... You are uh, not a realignment expert. Our realignment Dan, expert Dan Simon. is... is uh, Dan Simon. It's like a Clark Kent Superman type situation. <laughs> I mean, obviously. Obviously. But most people that run, that meet me fashion me as like a Superman Clark Kent type person. Yeah. Like, you know, there's Dave before he's had jello look at, shots. Look at, and then there's Dave after he's had jello shots. Look at that. A new, new person every day figure, f figures it out. This has been this is a running joke with Chad and I. I mean, I have been running the Twitter account for what five years? 2016. When I took over, the first thing I said was, I can't be me in two places. Like, it doesn't make any sense for me to run the Bearcat Journal Twitter account. Right. I want you to run it and I will pay you to do it. And you were like, deal. And and every, literally like Every so often, someone will like be in the mentions and like be talking to you, and I'm like, "This ain't him, man." And they're like, "Oh yeah, whatever." Like, you know, they yeah, just. No. They... But yeah, there's, there's. A, I there's... will, I will maybe once a month, because I do have access to the Bearcat Journal Twitter account. I own it. Like it's, it's connected to <clears throat> my email. Like I, it is my Twitter account, but. I have Dave run it. So I do have access to it. And accidentally, once a month or so, I will tweet from that account and mean to be tweeting from my account. But you run the Twitter account. That, yeah. That's you. It's yeah. not me. It's you. Correct. 
I know you're just a newbie, uh, Joffrey. But yes, it, it, you're not the you're not the first, and you won't be the last. Like I get, I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone else listening to this tonight that is like, wait a second, that's not Chad. <laughs> you both come off the same. And it, so well, yeah, I'm not trying to get into fights with with anybody, but I am a jackass and a smartass. Yeah, you're a smartass. You're not. You're not. Uh directly picking fights with all the people that say dumb shit in your mentions. No, I don't actually respond to anyone that get that almost anyone that's in our mentions. Right. I respond almost exclusively to people (laughs) that are in my mentions. (laughs) You will instead go after like John Wilner or Stuart Mandel or the people that need to be responded to. That is your lane. I don't really do that. I like, Whatever. Like, I'll, I'll mess around. I almost sent something to Stuart Mandel today. No, because, like, most of the stuff in the Beer Cut Journal mentions are just, like, I'm, like, I'm not st- starting I'm not starting a conversation because I know it'll never end. Like, that's the one that frustrates me the most is when yeah. I tweet something out and two people get into an argument in the mentions and keep adding me and i'm like i'm not a part of this like <laughs> I, I didn't do this like i'm not in this conversation like don't keep including me um but yeah it's it's like if someone asks a question that is like uh not my opinion i don't give like i very rarely will respond giving my opinion if it's more of like an informational thing sure then i will respond because and then i'll retweet it because maybe it might be something that other people are looking for that answer to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a personal account. I, I very rarely talk about UC on it because you're about to have a burner realignment account. I know because I, Dan Simon. I have a same way that you like, didn't want to run the Bearcat journal. one. like, I don't need to talk about UC on my personal one because I can pretty much say whatever I want about UC on this one. Yeah. You talk about golf a lot on your, your personal one. A lot of golf. A lot of Bengals. Yeah. And then... And if you've got something to say about UC that you don't want to say on the BCJ. Account. Yeah. But, but see, that's the thing. Is that <laughs> most, most, most people know that, like... Yeah. yeah. I haven't All done right. that. I haven't done that in a couple of years. That was more... I know. But that, a, that, I used to have... Dave, chill. A ba- a, <laughs> a, it was more of a basketball thing. It was. For many reasons that we won't get into. Um, all right. I, I think we're good. I, I, I did just want to touch on those, those couple of things. Um, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at David and Simone. There you go. That's if you want Dave's personal thoughts, David and Simone. It's in the description of all the YouTube pages that I've done all of the, uh, the fine tuned timestamps on. You're getting so good at this, Aaron. I'm you're, trying, man. You really, really are becoming the best producer in the city. Oh, something like that. And, and not self-proclaimed. Like, other people are, are saying it. That mainly just me and realignment expert Dan Simon. But that's typically it. Dave hasn't Dave hasn't said it yet. Said what? That Aaron's the best producer in the city. What is he? Uh, that's my... That, yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I'm, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with any other producers. Well, I don't know that there's another podcast in the city that actually like has a dedicated producer. Probably not. Maybe Except he for should, Ed. He should probably use that to his advantage. Did you hear that, Aaron? 
He's already he's already labeled himself the executive producer the executive producer of this YouTube page. Gonna get that twenty five cents after all. Yeah, that's right. Proud of you, boy. Proud of you. All right, let's get out of here. That's a wrap for Dave Simone, for realignment expert Dan Simon, for producer extraordinaire Aaron Smith. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next week. It's the BCJ podcast. Special guest next week. We'll get to that. It's the BCJ oh, yeah, podcast. There is. Presented by the Holy Grail. Wednesday, right night, Wednesday night next week. Wednesday night. See you there.